LT, my friend, it's almost upon us. The last ever wellness summit in Melbourne. The last one ever? Well, definitely the last one for at least two years, LT. That's right, this year's wellness summit will be the last one for the foreseeable future in Melbourne. It will be the biggest, the greatest, the most inspiring, the most empowering summit that you've ever seen. The last one in Melbourne? That's right, LT. That's ridiculous. I can't believe my ears. But I guess if that's the case, then let's go to thewellnesssummit.com if you want to enter the code FINALMELBOURNE16. That's FINALMELBOURNE16 to get $100 off your regular price tickets. You get to enjoy two days of food, movement, and mindset on September 10th and 11th at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center. Hey, LT, did we say it's the last one? It's the last one in Melbourne. Oh, good. All right. I'm glad we told him. Hey, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. Enter those codes. Save some money. See you at the summit. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest is a single mum on a mission to bring healthy, nourishing food to the masses. With over 20 years of health industry experience, she's seen a lot of diet and nutrition trends come and go. And throughout all of this, she's held her ground, pumping out awesome, nourishing, exciting, colourful, delicious food and positive health messages. She's a master of raw desserts, a goddess of the granola, and now she's set to supercharge your smoothies with an innovative new product. She's a lady after my own heart, because she preaches balance, not deprivation. And that's why I love her so much. Please welcome to the show the lovely Cinzia Cozzolino, a.k.a. Nutrition Darling. Woo! How are you going? Oh, hello. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I do my best. I do my best. It's so, it's so lovely to have you here on the show today. Um, first up, can you please tell our lovely listeners how you got into this whole health and nutrition malarkey in the first place? Because you've been around a little while, haven't you? I have indeed. And it's, it's actually really funny because I, um, I've always had a passion for eating well. It's just I think it's, it was innate in me as a, as a kid. I just always uh, – I grew up in a, an Italian family and food was always – revered as a as a really important thing and um and also it was very it was just real food we had we had real food that's that's what it was about so I always had a passion for for the field I'm in now and it's just great that I've got there but um the funny thing is that I spent my 20s around rock and roll and about people that weren't so healthy and uh, and that sort of helped me to to really remember that my path was to go down the nutrition path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um it's interesting because we share a mutual friend who's also a bit of a, a rock and roll turned healthy chef, which is the lovely Sam Gowing, and I'm getting her on the show soon too. So yeah, it's no wonder you guys are friends. I love Sam. She's awesome. <laughs> She's amazing. So you're also Well we actually we actually did stick together. We did have times together out on um on uh, sticky carpet in at venues when we were in our 20s so we do remember us we do remember it back then together <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sticky carpet oh 
Um, so then yeah. <laughs> somehow you went from that whole scene to being a card-carrying nutritionist. What what happened? How did you end up from one to the other? Because it's a bit of a shift, isn't it? Absolutely. Actually, I ended up marrying a, a rock and roll boy. I had, um, I had two beautiful girls with this pretty wild rock and roll guy who was – the opposite of what I stand for. He was very much into indulgence and he was, he was out there. And I think after 10 years of that, I just had this, this kind of epiphany where I thought, this is, this is not right. I, I know who I am and I know what I stand for. And I literally um, did a backflip and just grabbed the girls and said, right, um, I've had enough. I actually need to get healthy. And, um, and so I kind of followed that path. The girls were young and, um, they were, yeah, that one was not even at school yet. And I basically thought, I've really got to change my, my life. I need to get, get healthy. I need to get what I believe in and follow it and follow that path. So what were the first steps you took with getting your health back on track? I, uh, funnily enough, I was walking in, in the city with a friend. Uh, at the time I was living out in Janjuk. I was li- I was. I got out of town. I thought, just get out, live by the sea, go and eat good food again, try and get myself back on on track. Just eating well. That's all I knew. I knew I needed that. Um, but I was walking in the city. I'd come into town with a friend, and we walked past uh, Endeavour College, and they were having an open day for um, for the courses there. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to go in and have a look at what this is about. I just fell in love. I just thought, this is what I should be doing. This is actually what I should be doing. I love that. I absolutely love that. Sometimes we go and study the thing that we actually need ourselves, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And I'd already started, you know, living out by the ocean. I was already started writing my own recipes. When I'd make food, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to write that down because I wanted to keep track of, of the things that I was coming up with. So I knew that one day I might use them. So it was, um, it was like, it was like, it was meant to be. I knew that I was in the right place. I just felt it. And I, and I went forward into that direction. I know a lot of people out there think that nutrition is really easy to study but in the first couple of years you do biochemistry you do anatomy physiology like when you know when it's like a proper nutrition course and not one of those six month courses that you see out there oh yeah it's very hard I'd never done chemistry ever so I came from a, a upbringing a school that wasn't very it was very in the 70s where it was really very hippie we did nothing that was really conventional so I'd never done really anything that had structure. So it was a complete nightmare even sitting. I sat my first exam when I was like 39, which was insane. Yeah, that, that's actually epic. Like that's a really, really, really big deal to, you know, to, to be a single mum and to be that passionate that you put yourself through all of that. And then you've come out the other end of card-carrying qualified nutritionists. So – how did getting that qualification and doing all that study influence the way that you look at food? Oh, heavily. It, look, it basically, I, my core already knew what was right, but to have that information clarified and, and having the, you know, basically the, the ammunition to argue with the right information was uh, uh, incredible. It just made me even more passionate. 
I love that to the, <laughs> the ammunition. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so then, that's right. So where did you end up next? So did you go out and see clients, or did you get straight back into the kitchen? No, I did. I had um, a stint uh, doing um, con- consultations one on one. And that was good. I did that for a couple of years, actually. And then I also did uh, a stint in a, a gym here in Melbourne where I um, saw clients that were coming into the gym. So that was a, that was a great experience too because they were already doing the exercise and doing all the, the other stuff. But the eating is what they really needed um, the work with. So I had, um, I had sort of people with a little bit more focus coming in, although it was still very hard. People, when you tell them certain things about food, they look at you like you've asked them to, to cut their left arm off. It's like, um, <laughs> it's not that hard. Come on. But, you know, some people just, it's very hard for them to change their diet. So I, I, um, I think it was, there was a real advantage with me being older because I understood it. I understood how hard it was. So I would say to them, listen, let's just change one thing, one thing. Let's, where do you want to change? You control it. Let's, let's get some change here and then we'll, we'll move to the next one. And people responded really well to that. And it was really great to have, we have, I got some great results. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard to, make those changes is it habit is it culture is it a psychological thing like where do you think the problem lies for a lot of people I think it is I think it's habit definitely and I think uh people changing things don't doesn't always come easy you know they have to really want it I found that the people that really did the changes were the ones that were given a health care I could get them to do it really quickly but the others, there was, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that pe- people need to look at when they, they want to make a change, and 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 lifestyle is is a really big part of it, and um, and it's hard to change those things when you're used to certain patterns, and but I don't think it's impossible. I think people have got to find the reason to do it, and then they're more likely to to do it. And do you think it matters which people you surround yourself with during that process as well? Oh, totally, totally. You need the support of the people around you for sure. Yeah, because I, I, know, I know a lot I of think... people get really overwhelmed and then they say to me, but my family don't get it, my husband doesn't get it, my friends think I'm weird. Like what, how do those people, you know, how, how, can, you, how can you motivate those people? Like, how can you help them to keep going throughout all of that? I think they do need to find uh, a community or, or some people that are trying to do the same thing as them. That's why like a gym is great or if you're going to a, a community, like whether it's yoga classes or where you're finding like-minded people, even for a little bit of time in that day where you actually be able to talk to someone and go, oh, that's, that's hard and having that acknowledged and and you know, passing the skill around within each with with each other, saying, you know, I, I had I have I need you know my big problem is this, and and they can say, well, you know, I've really solved that by doing this, and so you kind of listen to people that are going through the same thing much more than someone that's not doing the same thing as you. I mean, like 
for example, I mean, you know, there's a lot of really beautiful young girls out there doing uh, incredible things and I look at them and think, yeah, of course, they've got great bodies, they've got, they're doing it all, all right, but I totally don't relate to them. That's, that's not me. So uh, whatever they say isn't going to really wash off on, on me. I think that what would work on me and, and a lot of people is looking at someone and thinking, I can relate to that. I know that it's not easy and the, and the person saying, look, sometimes it's not easy but let's try and do a little thing like not making it a massive change but looking at little things and, and doing things that, that fit in with what your lifestyle is and, and, and then growing from there. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, looking, you know, if you look online and you see, you know, what a lot of the girls are doing, especially kind of in their late teens and early 20s, um, it can be really full on with like, you know, all the bikini shots and the six packs and the green smoothies and everything. And um, I know our mutual friend Sam has a lot to say about green smoothie shots on Instagram. But um, what, you know, how did you navigate? Yes. <laughs> how did you navigate having teenagers? Uh, was it was it hard to give up that kind of control? You know, when they get to that age where they're becoming more independent and they go out into the world, and the world has a lot of unhealthy food choices and a lot of peer pressure, and then sometimes choices in the other direction as well, where there's too much peer pressure to you know to look good and to to look really skinny. Like, how did you navigate that whole big bad world? I just brainwashed them. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. I've got to tell you a story because when um, when my girls were young and we were living along the coast, we were living down at uh, Torquay and Janjuk for a few years. When they were quite young, and I'd left their dad, and we were like creating this really beautiful lifestyle. We had no TV. We were literally just going. You know what? We're just going to get all are going to get really healthy. My kids had never seen. Um, a loaf of bread because I was making it. They thought ice cream was plain yogurt because that's what I would give them as ice cream. They would fight over a bowl of Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I basically gave them no other choice but really good food. There was never any packeted uh, food in my house. They just It just wasn't there and they loved real food. We had a veggie garden. They ate, ate from there. They just didn't didn't have any need. It, it was once they went to school that it started to change. But I remember my daughter coming home from her first kid's party going, Mum, Mum, there was this really crazy food. It was like it was square and it was like this. It looked like bread but, but it was square and it was white and it had all these colours all over it. And, you know, she was talking about hundreds and thousands. Like she'd never seen them. Oh, my God. And I knew. I thought, right, okay. It was hilarious. And I knew. Look, I thought, okay, I've got to let them out into the real world. They, it's there. I can't hide it from, from them. And I basically would say to them, I don't mind what you're eating outside, but what happens inside the house is, is what goes on. This is. I knew that 80% of the time they would be eating pretty good because they were there with me. You know, when they got to their teenage years, yes, there was a little bit going on. I had a, a an issue with my youngest who just was going to school without breakfast and that drove me crazy So, because I knew that she needed it to make her brain work. So I um, I had problems there, but I'll tell you about what happened, what I created because of that. So, But, yeah, there's there are those things, but I think if you can instill the basics of making sure that 
the majority of foods that are going in are real foods, then if they do go off track a bit, you know, it doesn't matter as long as they kind of know to come back. And you must have done something right, hun, because you were just telling me before we hit record today that one of your daughters is studying to be an astronaut. Is that is that true? Yes, it certainly is. She came home one day in uh, year 10, I think she was, at 16, and she said, Mum, I know what I want to be. I want to be an astronaut. And I went, my, quickly, my brain, I just thought, what is she talking about? Has she lost her mind? And I thought, no, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to support this. And I said, look, that's fantastic. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant um, aim. We need to, you need, you need, I didn't say we, I said, you need to work out what steps it takes to do, do that and I'll support you. And she went, great. Before you know it, she was uh, doing all this research She um, organised to see all these people, these mentors. She spoke to people. She decided uh, in year 11 that she wanted to go to the best university in in the world, which was Harvard in her eyes. She, um, I I got in touch with a few people that I knew that had some leads. We got her to do um, some, uh, you know, she did her own research. She found out about what it would take to get into um, one of those universities and what she had to sit for. She sat for them while she was doing her VCE, passed in flying colours, got admitted into Harvard on a full scholarship, mind you, full scholarship. It cost us nothing. It oh, was, uh, my God. It's something like 60000 a year there. It's all paid for, accommodation, food, education so the she actually got in she's just done she's just completed her four years there so she's done her her undergrad in astrophysics she's just got accepted um uh in stanford to do her master's again a full scholarship in aeronautic engineering don't ask me what that is i, I mean i'll just she comes home and she goes mum this is what i'm doing i'm like yep that's awesome I have no idea what it is. And she knows now that I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think the layman's term is rocket science. Like literally, that's, right. that, that's I've, rocket I've science. I've got a Sheldon. I've got a Sheldon. <laughs> oh, my God, that's gold. You must have done something right, mate. Yeah, well, I equate it, believe this or not, this is no one, I've told, I've told these, this before and pe- people think I'm crazy, but when I was pregnant of her, I was vegetarian, but the only thing I ate and ate a lot of was sardines. I ate sardines for breakfast maybe three or four times a week and I craved them like all the time, the whole time I was pregnant with her. And I reckon it's got something to do with that. Oh, my gosh. I reckon her brain was growing rapidly and it just needed those omega-3s and it needed the calcium. It needed all that stuff that those that the sardines were, um, cra- were making me crave for. And, and really, I, 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 I kid you not, I ate a lot of sardines when, she was, when I was pregnant with her. Are we talking tin sardines or ones from the fish shop? Because I know I'm going to get asked as soon as people listen to oh, this podcast. You know, you know, both, both. But it was the tin, tin ones. I used the – I had the um, – the King Oscar that was in olive oil. I ate a lot of those. <laughs> but I also had the, the, the fresh ones as well. I cooked both because being Italian, we, you know, actually my, you know, like my um, family heritage on both sides, like my father and my mother, they're all fishermen. So the, the, that's why when I was, well, I still am vegetarian, but I, 
but I should say pescatarian because when I do go off, it's that's what I have. Yeah, yeah. And you talk a lot about balance on your website. So I, I did want to ask you a bit about this 80-20 rule that you live by because I know a lot of people say they're 80-20 in terms of like how they manage their diet. But what does that mean for you? What's in that 80%? What's in that 20%? Okay, 80% is fundamentally it's sort of yeah it's it's pretty much just real fruit and veggies and real grains i eat everything i eat you know the the thing that i don't the thing that i limit myself that i literally don't eat at all is is red meat and chicken and you know pork those things i don't eat and i haven't eaten them i haven't eaten them for a long time and it's it's more that i've never been a big fan and i actually function quite well without without them but um my so my my eighty percent is just fresh real food, which is there's an abundance of of stuff around. So you know ev- everything that's available. My twenty percent, what I call not so good, <laughs> is is really um, bread and cheese. That's that's that's, that's my bad stuff. <laughs> I I live next door to uh, an incredible bakery. And they make really good pastries, and that's that's probably I don't eat them that much, but I do have that is one of my weaknesses. Oh my god, I think I know the bakery you're talking about too, because I used to live down your way. We were talking about this before as well, and yeah, pretty sure I remember that bakery. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I that's that's when I think that that's bad. That's probably what I do. That's probably it, but. You know, outside of that, I'm trying to think. You know, and 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 chips, hot chips. That's that's one of my weaknesses. Oh my God. But I, in yes. winter, winter is possibly worse than than in summer. But I do, yeah. You know, and look, I'll tell you another story. And this this uh, this just goes to show you how what I mean when I say I'm vegetarian. We were in Japan a couple of years ago. My da- daughter and I. We were in this quiet little town, um, and I've got a daughter that's a vegan. And we we went we ordered uh, a uh, a meal and you couldn't tell on the menu what was actually we just pointed a few things and I just said look you know what we just let's just see that looks like green stuff let's just pull it out and do it um, every, we did well with most of it but one dish which came out and it was meat and I just said to her you know what. I'm actually going to eat it because I think it would be really disrespectful for me to to send that that back. So there wasn't a lot, but I thought I'm actually going to do it because there's nothing. I, I haven't got a really strong ethical thing about 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 it. To me, it's just like I'm not a big fan, and I have, haven't eaten it for a long time. But it was fine. I, you know, I felt like well, it, it to me, you've got to not be too rigid. So to, it, it, you know, it was fine, and I've and I haven't re- really had some since then. And it sort of, if it came up again that I was in a situation that uh, it was the right, you know, it was the only thing there, and I had to, to, you know, in terms of respect for where I was, I would do it. Yeah. Because you're right, it would be – and we often have that kind of conversation in our house as well because we do eat meat, but we want to respect where it came from. We don't want to waste any because wasting meat just – it seems so wrong. And so, you know, we try and use the whole thing. Like if we have chicken, we save the bones, we make stock. Um, you know, you, you have to respect where your food comes from, don't you? 
Yes, you do. You do. And I, and I have a bit of that. I, I just think that um, there's a couple of schools of thought that I have that are quite strong in the way my philosophy behind food. I think um, culturally where you come from, you, you should never not eat foods that are part of your culture, of what where your heritage comes from because that's what your genes are, are made from. So I think people, even when I was doing consulting, I always looked at where they came from and what their heritage was. So, you know, if I had a Chinese person in front of me and they were having a lot of dairy, I'd be like, oh, you know what, you really shouldn't be having a lot of this stuff. You should really not have this in your diet. Look back at what your traditional foods are and get back into those and your health will improve. I think that's that's a really strong thing that I believe in when it comes to diet. And so, so both my genetic parents are English, does that mean I need to live on mushy peas and um, haddock? <laughs> I had, I had a, a big Irish boy come in um, and uh, when I was doing, when I was at the gym, and he literally ate meat and potatoes. He did. <laughs> and when I said to him, "Can you get any greens in into your diet?" He's going, "Oh, I don't like my greens." You know, I'm like, "Okay." So I said, "Okay, you don't have to eat your your greens, but what you're going to have to remove from your diet because you're not eating the other stuff like the greens that are going to clean yourself, then." You can't have all that high processed food. You can't keep, you have to bring the balance in then. If you don't want to eat the greens, then you're going to have to be aware that that all those extra, all those packet chips and, and cans of Coke and all those things you, you're, you're, you're doing now have got to be reduced. If you are having a good variety of the other stuff, then you can bring those things in a little bit. But because you're, you're not bringing, you, there's no balance you're you're making this hard so you have to work out you know where you you've got to have some of it it can't just be all all one one way you've got to bring in some good good stuff and he was like oh okay <laughs> I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I, I, I actually get to drink a green smoothie I can tell you <laughs> I, I actually love um having blokes in my practice that that I have to see sometimes because they they just keep it so real don't they it's like oh god (laughs) yeah and 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 you have to there's no point in shoving it in in shoving it down their throat going well are you going to do this because they they won't so it's you know the thing is you've got to say look that's okay eat eat meat and potatoes that's that's your that's what what you eat that's fine let's let's just bring the other stuff down a little bit because you need to somewhere something needs to change so where is it going to be yep and you know what like science is starting to catch up with some of this stuff that that people like yourself and I have been saying for bloody ages but now they're starting to find reasons for it like they're saying that our you know how we have our microbiome and that you know really it runs a lot of our digestion and it dictates a lot of what we can and can't eat and they're now saying that um, this microbiome which is going to be different in every person and the microbiome is just like the you know for those of you playing at home is just a balance of bacteria the you know the good and sometimes the bad bacteria in your gut and they're now saying that your microbiome actually evolves over generations 
depending on the traditional diet and the food that, that your ancestors ate. So your microbiome is adjusted to what your parents ate and what their parents ate and what their parents ate. So this is this is why what you're saying about this ancestral stuff about, you know, if if you're from Ireland, you're probably, you know, quite conditioned and evolved in terms of your microbiome to eat meat and potatoes. And then yeah, if, if you yeah. are from Japan or somewhere or China where they don't eat a lot of dairy, like you haven't built up that ability to to process the dairy because you don't have the bacteria in your gut that allow that to happen. So it, it's good that science is catching up, hey? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and people, like I had a, um, a place in uh, China uh, want me to go over and do some um, nutrition talks. And I said, oh, yeah, do you want, want me to learn up a bit about um, Chinese medicine before I come there? And she said, no, 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 I need you to bring Western information to us because we're all, we're all starting to get Western uh, Ill illnesses because we're we're eating like Westerners. It's just like no, <laughs> stop, no. stop it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's sort of you know, it's funny, but but it's going to happen. It, it's uh, it's sad, but it's going to happen. I I still I don't know about you, but when I walk in those rare times that I walk in the fruit and veggie section of the supermarket, I still am in shock when I see. A fruit or a vegetable that is not in season, but it's in abundance there. I'm just like, oh, that's so wrong. You know, like people probably don't see that anymore. But I walk in the supermarket now. It's the middle of winter. Well, you know, it's come, becoming less, less. But you know, there shouldn't be strawberries and cherries. They, they shouldn't be there. No, I know. And and how it's mind blowing. Like, take a step back and go. How much electricity is it taking to run the cool rooms and how big do the cool rooms have to be and how many of those cool rooms are there to make sure that we've got apples all year round, 52 weeks yeah. a year? Like where yeah. are those apples hanging out? Because they only, they're only on the trees for like, what, two to three months of the year. So assuming that's three months of the year that you can get them fresh, where are those apples hanging out for the other nine months of the year? Where are we putting them? What's it costing to store Absolutely. them? Absolutely. And and then all the boats that we're oh, – don't even start me about, you know, putting, I know, putting oranges on boats. I, kind of, <laughs> I actually saw a really funny – like I saw a really funny post on Instagram the other day where someone had said, new season strawberry uh, – winter strawberries out – you know, uh, and I'm like, what? What? Winter strawberries? <laughs> yeah, what? new variety, didn't you know? <laughs> you like winter strawberries, like, okay. Yeah, it's right next to the summer apples. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like it's 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 very funny, but very sad at the same time because there is there is like um people are being told all sorts of things at the mo- moment about what you know because health is such a, a a growing and such a lucrative business now that everyone is jumping on board and it's it's um, you look at it you just go wow. Well, I mean, I feel sorry for the for the consumer because, really, how do you how do you navigate your way through it? How do you know what is real and what's not real? Like, I, you know, it's it's baffling. Yeah, and and people are really at the mercy of marketing as well. And and speaking of which, um, you know, I wanted to talk to you about food fads because you've been in this game for a little while. You must have seen some stuff come and go and lots of marketing hype, like lots. So, you know, yes. like like superfoods and those sorts of things. What what things have you seen 
that are amazing and you know and worth spending the money on and which which things would you not bother even touching like what what fads have you seen come and go oh god there's so many there's so many you know it's hard to explain i i just um oh I'm just, it's overwhelming how many I think there are. I mean, you know, I think I think the word superfood has been just used ridiculously. You know, a lot of yeah. a lot, food, you know, real food is actually superfood. Food that grows on someone's tree in the backyard is, is they're all su- superfood. As long as it hasn't been tam- tampered with. It's superfood as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah, love it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, you know, um, it's like that. Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of organic food because, I, you know, when I can, that's what I try to buy because I think that's, that's where superfood uh, lands with me. I think if, as long as it hasn't had, the realer it is, the better it is. But, oh, God, some fads that have come through. I mean, uh, you know, the... The funniest one to me is the 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 banana diet. That whole um, free leave. <laughs> that that one was really the funniest one. And I had um, my daughter, my vegan daughter, for a moment had a, and she's very bright. This is my bright one. This is my astrophysics daughter. She contacted me and said, "Mum, I'm trying this diet." I went, "What?" She's going, "Yep, yep. I'm just bought. I'm having." 20 bananas for, for, for breakfast. I'm like, what? What? How do you get through the third one without wanting to gag? I know, right? <laughs> How can you eat that many bananas? Oh, my she's God. She's like, no, no. I've, you know, she, she knows she's done, she's done her research. Mama going, Nina, please. She has not done her research. What? How could it be possible that you have all that? I mean, how about? And she's like, no, you know. And she, I think she lasted for about Oh, about a week and a bit. And then she just sat around me going, I'm feeling really weird, Mum. I'm going, yeah, because yeah. it's actually not okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I reckon I'd last about five minutes. So she's got staying power, seriously. She did. And I think, I think um, sadly, a lot of those uh, things that are out there are really based on, on um, people that, already have eating disorders and they're, they're finding ways to justify. I mean, this is probably radical to say that, but there's a lot of, a lot of people with eating disorders that, that are, are going down those paths. That are, they're really they're just extreme diets that are, that are not okay. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it, there's a name for it now as well. It's orthorexia, isn't it? Yeah, yep. Yeah, exactly. And you know, a lot of the sadly, yeah, a lot of the young the younger kids coming through, if they've I think if they think they've got all these restrictions, then it's gonna be easier not to eat and therefore they get to lose the weight that they want. And it's like the look I've got an equally same uh problem with with people uh wanting to count calories. I get I often get asked what how many calories my slices are or or how many and I'm just like Calories, you know, I could give you a diet that's very low in cal- calories, but it's actually pretty shit. So, <laughs> do, do, do you really want to know what the calorie is? Don't don't follow the calorie. Like if you're if you if you're eating foods that are that have just grown off a tree or they're they're or you know or meat or whatever, but 
if you're eating close to the real thing, the calorie, as long as you, you're looking at your portion, that portion's a big thing. I, I do agree that you've got to watch that. But, but, you know, if you're eating food that's just real, then I don't, I don't see why you need to worry about calories. Calories are when you're eating packet food, when you're eating ice cream, when you're eating, yeah, and then you can look at it a bit and go, but if you watch your portion, you can eat all those things as well as long as it's not every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, I had this, uh, I had this conversation with Guy from One Eighty Nutrition recently as well, where you know we we talked about some low calorie foods having you know very little or no nutritional value, and why would you eat low calorie foods that don't resemble foods that are highly processed or that have artificial sweeteners. There's, there's no nutritional content in there, so they're not going to make you feel good. They, they might stop you putting on weight, I guess, but you're going to end up feeling sick and depressed in the long run. Yeah, and also, you know, what? I just think they don't give you – I think you're more likely to make a mistake when you're following a calorie diet. You're more likely to, to fail because yeah. you are not feeling uh, satisfied you know, you're, you're going, those low-calorie foods are generally, they don't have, because they don't have the energy there, you are, you are going to be constantly hungry. Yeah, and then you rebel and eat all the food, all yeah. the food. Yeah, so you, it's, it is that, it will create that yo-yo effect where if you, you learn to eat balanced diet and, you know, with, where you've got good, you know, I always advocate a good variety of, of fruit and veg- a lot more not so much fruit i think fruit you know you've got to have one, one or two pieces but vegetables there's so many vegetables out there there are so many it, it, you know like um you can there's so much you can do with with what's out there you've got to just start to be a little bit creative and i, I know that's hard because look lately i've been really busy really really busy and and coming home from work, I just kind of look at the kitchen and just go, oh, my God, what am I going to cook? I, I, I know what that feels like. I know what that's like. So, you know, ways around stuff like that is, is I suppose, what, what I think us nutritionists and, and you know, pe- pe- people in the health industry should be advising. This is, this is our role because I think that's, that's what people need, you know, ways to do those things easier how do we help them uh, make those choices without it being so overwhelming yeah and you've made a business out of this haven't you because you are now making some amazing food products that are out there in the marketplace so it's did it start with the granola or the raw desserts and now we've moved on to something else that I'll mention in a minute (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting actually because I, the, I started making the cakes, and and uh, the the other product uh, roughly at the same time. But the cakes came along because I was working in a health food shop while I was studying, and there was a lot of people coming in saying they were gluten free. This is o- over five years years ago, and they were coming in and they basically had all these health issues that they were being diagnosed with, and. We just didn't have stuff in the health food shop to, to cater to them. And I said to uh, the guy that owned, owned it, you know what, it can't be that hard to make to make a, 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 a raw cake or, you know, like make something with what, I, you know, what's out there. Oh, I'm, I'm going to try something. And so I made this cake 
And whenever I'd bring it in, they would sell out. And I thought, oh, that's, that's quite good. So I'd, I would make more. And he said, hey, do you, do you have any more flavors? Can you do, why don't you try some, some new com- combinations? I'm like, okay. So I started make, making another one. They would sell, sell out. Then I, I have a few, I have a friend of mine that owns four cafes and he said, hey, you know, you know I've heard you, you, you make these kind of weird cakes. You know, can you, can you bring some in, bring, bring them into our shop? So I said, yeah, okay. And I was making these at home at, at the time and I bought these little trays and I started to make, make them in trays and, and uh, I brought them in into him. I think I had three fla- flavours by then and they, they would sell out. And I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of good. This is good, you know. Like I, I hadn't even thought about it being a, a career path. But funnily enough, I, I, my father, I grew up in a cake shop. My father was a pastry chef. So I actually grew up around cakes, but I never for a million years thought that I would be a cake maker. Like it just was not on my radar at all. Wow, talk about it, full circle. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just, you know, it just, it just happened organically, you know, and it just grew and grew and I just thought this is really – and then, you know, friends of mine who had cafes or friends in cafes started to call me to drop off there. Then I thought, wow, I need to actually do this in a proper commercial kitchen because I can't keep up and I started buying machinery and my trays got much bigger and then now I've got a walk-in freezer that I've got, you know, I I make – at the moment, I'm supplying something like 35 cafes. So it's become a massive, oh a massive job now. <gasps> and it was really just this little idea that I had going, oh, I'm sure I can knock up something that, that's raw and, and that, you know, won't have all those things that pe- people are allergic to. And, you know, and it just, it, it's bizarre. And, yeah. Wow. Funnily enough, you know, a few years later, it's become like it is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But you were, you were first. You were first. One of the, I'll tell you what, who, the only person that was around at the time when I was starting to make them was Naked Treaty. Oh, we love Naked Treaties in Byron Bay. She was the first one really, really to be, to tell you the truth. I remember seeing her stuff out there going, that's awesome. So she, she um, was definitely doing stuff here at, at the time where no one was. Yeah, and she'll be the first person to say that she'll embrace anyone who would consider to, you know, you would normally consider to be com- uh, competition. She always says, uh, I've had this conversation with Gemma and she says, oh, we believe in abundance. We don't believe in competition. There's room out there for everyone as long as you have an abundance mindset and that's why I love her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is great because it's made, it's made this food available and become the norm to a lot of people that would generally never have touched it. Yep. 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 Like the normal people are eating raw cake now. Have you noticed? Yes. Yes. The The normal people. Not just the freaks like us. Yeah. The hippies, you bloody hippie. So, so now you've also launched an epic new product called Smoothie Bombs. This is the other product that I wanted to talk about today because, like, I got to tell you, like, I saw this recently and it kind of blew my mind because I'd never seen anything like it on the market. And I wish I had these when I was traveling for work all the time because they would have made my life so much easier. It, it seems like such a totally original idea. How did you come up with them? 
So the whole idea behind them was based on the fact that my daughter, this is five years ago again, my daughter who was uh, 12 at the time was going off to year seven in high school and she was not having breakfast. She was going through what generally what teens start to do at that, that time is they're really aware of their friends and what they eat and she was, she was too busy, she was anxious, she had all sorts of things that were ha- happening and she was not having breakfast. And, you know, it was while I was like practising as a, a nutritionist and to me it was like that's just insane. That's insane. She needs to have breakfast. So I tried to work out what I could do and I basically came up with a – I made a mixture. I based, I put, um, uh, you know, really, really good ingredients in there, so nuts and seeds and um, I never put dates in at, at the time because the concept was to basically create this ball that I could – store in the fridge and in the mornings when she was ready to go to school we had a blender she could use pull out one, one of those balls which had, had was already uh, portion controlled you know it was all portion there so it was easy she just picked it up threw it in into a blender and had all the nutrients she need, needed to create a really yummy smoothie like so it was more than just um, some milk and a banana and a leaf of a leaf leafy green or whatever, which she wouldn't have had the leafy green anyway. But you know, her idea of a smoothie was a banana and some yogurt and some milk. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's not quite enough, you know. So this ball, I, I created these balls so she could just pull it out and throw throw it in, and inside it had ten or you know ten ingredients that I knew were going to be good for it. It took off. Like she loved it. She was. She start, started to eat more. It actually changed her whole diet again. It got her back into eating health, healthy again because it made her feel like she was full and she'd go off and then she'd want lunch, you know, because when you don't, when you start off your morning without eating, you end up, you can actually get through quite a lot of the day without eating because it's like your metabolism just goes to sleep. So she wasn't eat, eating much at all until she got home at night. Which I just, I just drove me nuts. So this changed that in her. It made her start to have breakfast, and, and breakfast was pure, purely this smooth smoothie. But later it got more so. But it made me see that it worked. So I was telling friends, and my friends started to. I, I would make them up for them and hand hand them to them, and they'd try it with their their kids. Again, my friend who had a cafe just said, "Hey, that's a bloody awesome idea. Can we?" Um, can we buy some of those and, and make our smooth smoothies at the cafe with them? Because that's, you know, for a, a cafe own, owner, it's actually brilliant because it's all those expensive ingredients like chia seeds and all that stuff within there were all pricey and they, you know, they didn't know what they were and what to do with them. So I was saying, you know, you can put one of these balls in on your menu. You can say that these 10 ingredients are in that smooth smoothie, which will make it more sellable. And, um, and it's actually, they're actually yummy. And yep. he was like, yep, could you make me some? So I made them for them and, and again, it just organically grew. So the last, the last um, a couple of years I, I was supplying cafes with them and then it dawned on me that why wasn't I making this a consumer product? Why wasn't I making this available to other mums and other people that really didn't have the time and were – you know, and it's expensive to buy all those bits and pieces. And you might buy a packet and then you run out or, you know, like it was like I, how can I make this easy and make it affordable for everyone to be able to use them? And so I came up with 
the packaging, which was uh, a tube which has five five balls in it. And I, call, I called it the smoothie bomb because I thought that would be really apparent for what it is. It makes it makes sense. And I love the tube because it, it kind of looks like a real food barocca. <laughs> it's, it's so cute. You yes. Know? Yeah. yeah in fact, in fact, that's what I wanted. It, that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be like a, a barocca, but a, a real one, a good good one. I um, recently, uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, did a lot of work, and now I've got them organically certified, which I'm really proud of because I'm, that's that's one of my strong. Uh, I, like I really love love that side of it, so I'm glad that I I, I passed all that. So all my it's a hundred percent certified organic, and um, and now I've come up with I had. I had the fla- flavors, but they weren't available, and now I've kind of refined them. And beginning of the year, I had the the whole the whole thing sorted, and I and um, basically released them all uh, this a couple of weeks ago. The the whole range, the whole five. Yeah, and they look amazing. There's like a there's a chai one. There's a peanut butter one that looks seriously good. Um, Peanut butter and yeah. apricot. Oh my god! And yeah, what, sorry, yeah, but yeah. And the the turmeric chai—is that what it was? It's got turmeric and chai spices. Yeah, I actually, I actually just had one uh, uh, just before I spoke to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's actually my favourite, with a bit of mango and coconut milk. It's really yummy. Oh. See, you kind of—it's got—it's got not only has it got all the nutrients, but it's got the flavour. Yeah, and it's great because you don't have to measure out little bits of everything because, like, when I make a smoothie, quite often I pull out, like, five different tubs out of the pantry and I'm measuring in, like, a spoonful of this and a teaspoon of that. And if you're in a hurry, you just go, oh, no, bugger it, I'm not doing that today. So, like, this is such an amazing solution and I don't know why, you know, it's taken this long for anyone to come up with it and I just think it's, it's so cool when you see a product like this that is so innovative and so fresh. Thank you. It's, you know, seriously, it was like a no-brainer. Brain, I just thought I need to get something into her that's going to be easy for her to do because she won't do the process of all the different bits. And if I'm running out the door to go and, you know, sometimes I'd be off to work before she left for school. So it was like, how do I guarantee she's going to put those things in? And and so the the, the ball came to, to me. like It was like I thought of a bath bomb and I thought, how do I do that? And then it was like I can make a, a smoothie bomb, and she could just bomb it with with these these uh, ten ingredients, and she loved it. And it, it, yeah, it just basically took off from from there. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations, seriously. Like I, I wish the very very best for you with this business because it is such a cool thing that you've done. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. It's been it's uh, like I, I launched it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and there's been just an incredible response, and it's quite, it's quite amazing. Yeah. So for those of for those of you playing along at home, you might want to know how to get your hands on some of these. So Chinzia, can you please tell our lovely listeners um, where they can find this? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, which is uh, thesmoothiebombs.com. Um, it's uh yeah that's that's the the website has got a lot of recipes to use with them um i've got a special uh starter pack so there's all five uh 
uh, tubes are at a special price so that, you know, you can try them and then whichever, whichever one you particularly like, then you can go down that path. But it's, I thought it's, it's a good way to have um, a pack that had like a month's worth and you, and you can uh, try all the diff- different flavours. Yeah, look, I, I think they're an amazing product and I'm sure they're going to go absolutely nuts in the marketplace. So I look forward to seeing them everywhere I go, including up here in Byron Town. Thank you. I, I know it's very, very exciting. Next, next time you're down, you've just got to knock on my, my door and I'll, um, I'll give you some. Yep, I'm going to hunt you down, woman. <laughs> you better have your blender ready. I'll, be, yes. I'll, I'll just rock up on your doorstep with like a banana in one hand and some like nut milk in the other hand. And I'll be like, Chinzia, let me in. <laughs> I know, it's funny. You know what? I had a whole lot of friends of mine around here that were part of the music industry type of, and they're still in that way of being, and they drink a lot. And they came around and I said, can I make you a smoothie? And they just like choked. Like, no, 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 we're fine. And I'm like, you know what, I can put a little bit of vodka in. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I literally made, made them a cocktail with my smoothies. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. She's recommending vodka in smoothies. Nice. I repeat, vodka in smoothies. That's right. It was actually really nice. We, we used a, a coconut water with the berry one and then I, lots of crushed ice and a little bit of vodka. It was like... Hey, this is all right. I reckon you could do rum in that chai spice one quite well as well. There you go. There, there's, so. there's a you know, there's a hot tip for you. So I'd say it, that's that's called balance. <laughs> yes, that's your twenty percent, people. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Chinzia, thank you so much for being on Shiny Healthy You today. It's really been a pleasure, and good luck with everything out there, hun. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. I, I've really enjoyed enjoyed it. I, I appreciate it. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the interview with the lovely Chinzia from Nutrition Darling. If you're on Instagram, make sure you also go and check her out. She's got two accounts over at The Smoothie Bombs and at Nutrition Darling. Now, spring is here and I've got an amazing special offer for you. If you're ready to feel happy, healthy and full of energy, then check out my online program. It's called Shiny Healthy You, Fatigued to Fabulous in 12 Weeks. And it's the perfect program if you're feeling tired, run down or if you're suffering from adrenal fatigue or even if you just want to feel motivated to make healthy whole food meals again. From now until the 23rd of September, I'm running a buy one, get one free special. So if you join with a friend or a family member, you can save heaps. Everything you need to know is over at shinyhealthyyou.com. Now, I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay shiny. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.